Today's program is brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends. For more information, visit Cane5.com. This is Michael Harlan Turkel, host of The Food Scene. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning and welcome to Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network, the only podcast for professionals working in or in support of K-12 through food service. I'm Laura Stanley and today I'm excited to be bringing you more about local seafood in schools. Um, this is a topic close to my heart and as it turns out, close to your hearts too. Uh, our first episode on this topic about the Bay to Tray program in the Monterey Peninsula Unified School District um, was an unexpected hit with Inside School Food listeners. Um, That was back in January, and I've been planning a sequel ever since. Uh, So today we're going to go to the other end of the country to learn about local fish in New England schools. Specifically, we're going to look at how one company is building a K-12 segment focusing on easy prep entrees made from fish taken from the Gulf of Maine and processed in the historic fishing town of New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, This new business is configured very differently from the project uh, we talked about in Monterey. And in that case, one district is partnering with a community-supported fishery. But uh, the goals are very much the same for both projects. Um, They are sustainably harvested seafood that's recognizable to kids as seafood, uh, support for smaller-scale local fishermen and local economy, and smart economical use of underutilized resources from local waters. Uh, The company is called North Coast Seafood, and our first guest is Chef Andrew Wilkinson, who is leading North Coast's entree into school food service. After station break, we'll hear from Melissa Honeywood, who is Director of Food and Nutrition Services for Cambridge Public Schools, um, which was one of North Coast's first K-12 food service customers. So a little bit about Andrew. Um, He is a classically trained chef, uh, a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, who's enjoyed a stellar career in food. Uh, He launched um, his career at a three-star hotel in Germany and as a sous chef at the acclaimed Aurora Restaurant in New York City. He opened an American-themed restaurant in Fukuoka, Japan, and led the kitchen at the legendary Rainbow Room in New York. Uh, Most recently, he was a chef partner of Skip Jack's Restaurant Group in Boston. So, Andrew, welcome to Inside School Food. Thanks for having me, Laura. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, well, so first of all, I, I need to ask, what is the former executive chef of the Rainbow Room doing in school food? (laughs) <laughs> I tell you, I laugh every day when I wake up in the morning and I, I look at my schedule, what I'm doing today. What It, it used to be uh, from cooking pigeons, racks of lambs, uh, American red snapper, to now I'm sort of promoting uh, seafood these days from K to 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not all I do here at North Coast, but it's become a big part, and now we're heading into the September season, uh, so we're gearing up for K through 12 service, yeah. Yeah, and you're, and you're pretty passionate about it, which we're, we're, we're going to hear. But first, tell us a little bit about North Coast, because it's actually a huge international company, but the work you're doing in schools is, is very um, locally 
oriented. So how does that work? We are. We're, we are a large processor. Um, I was most interested to come to work here because you get to have the natural product uh, come into your back door. Uh, so we're a vertically integrated company. We process it. Um, uh, and then we we distribute it all the way to distributing as well. So we we do everything from local to international seafood. Mm-hmm. As a chef, when I came here, what happened was when I was looking into the processing plant, you know, not everything makes it to the retail case. Not everything makes it to the chef's back door mm-hmm. because these days with um, the way things are being processed, there are some mistakes along the way. Or, you know, even the fishing net is, you know, cannot just pick all the perfect fish all the time. Sometimes it gets smaller fish. Sometimes it gets larger fish. And sometimes, you know, one's, uh, one, one man's trash is another man's treasure. In mm-hmm. this case, one's chef's trim is another chef's treasure. So I'm using those maybe smaller fillets to, to the benefit of uh, the Massachusetts and New Hampshire school systems. So, so basically when you joined the company and you went to the plant, you observed that there was this surplus stuff that wasn't <laughs> being used as well as it could. And is that when the thought of entering schools occurred to you? You've, you've, this was a Reese's peanut butter cup moment. Uh, <laughs> okay. Somebody got peanut butter in my chocolate. Somebody got chocolate in my peanut butter. Um, it was, it was just a, a sort of like, wow, what are we doing with this? And they, you know, it was a classic uh, response from a company who's been in business for three generations. Well, this is the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And as a new guy, I was like, wow. Uh, I met my wife at at CIA at culinary school, mm-hmm. and now after having two children, she is now in school food service as well. So she's mm-hmm. running a large program here in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. So I looked, I looked at this product, and I said, wow, I. I know what we can do with this. So just using my chef's background, uh, dealing with my wife's current job uh, in, in, in preparing school food service, mm-hmm. um, I had a great idea. So some of, some of this trim you're talking about, which is like great fresh fish, you said previously it had been going into the, you know, pet, the pet food supply chain. There's something that's called gurry, so it might be all of the, the trim that comes from processing seafood. Mm-hmm. But what would happen is if it wasn't just right for a retail case, our culture says it doesn't go into the seafood case. So where does it go? Mm-hmm. So what happened was a lot of times we would maybe IQF it. So we would, we would freeze it for maybe optional, maybe opportunity buys for either restaurant business, um, to uh, retails or, or some sort of processing, but it wasn't being utilized. So I brought sort of the chef's mind into this uh, trim category, if you mm-hmm. will, and that's where we came up with our new product line. Which we will talk about shortly. Um, so you'll remember when we first met at the New England, uh, or rather the Farm to Institution New England conference right. early this spring, you, you started out your presentation with um, this slide that showed this mound of breaded fish fingers for little kids, and they were formed in these shapes like starfish and little little fish, and, and you captioned the photo, can we agree this is not whole food? And, and so basically you started your talk by telling us what your product is not. So yes. tell us about well, that. Well, because w- once you start, once we started in this, uh, I knew this was going to not just become uh, a sales opportunity for North Coast. It went far beyond that. Um, 
this was a question of just wanting to do the right thing in this company once it was identified. Um, so how are we going to make it a teaching moment? Well, first, it has to be a great product. Mm-hmm. And there are so many products out there today uh, in school food service that you would probably not really want to put on your home dinner table. Um, so it, our point was, why are we putting it into the lunch line? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it comes down to the economy, but we wanted to almost self-subsidize this so schools could afford an extremely healthy product. You know, our line is real food for healthier kids. Right, and, so, and the fish yeah, that ahead. you're selling is sort of instantly recognizable to students as fish, which is the opposite of the kind of product you were showing in that slide. So, you know, yeah, the the Lucky Charms uh, shapes of fish, uh, <laughs> with <laughs> the way I put it, uh, just to me did not come across as real food, um, and. And our mission was to create a culture that celebrates real food. So that's why we just start with the natural filet, the natural shape of the filet, mm-hmm. completely minimally processed. So. so let's talk about some of the products you're making with both the trim and those filets that you have available. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, first, the first dish that we came up with uh, was from a local flounder, or also called the uh, sole. And it's a sole filet that's being... Uh, this fish is being caught from the Grand Banks. So we have the Grand Banks, which is more of a regional food, regional area of fishing here uh, in New England and in Canada. Uh, and that was put, made it, we made it into a casserole. So we took the fish, we made sure that it was boneless. Mm-hmm. It was fish that was being machine cut, and it, and it might have gotten torn or uh, it was cut in half. And it, again, it, it didn't look perfect for the retail case. Mm-hmm. So we put it into a casserole, and we coated it with a lemon and Dijon aioli, and then coated it with a cracker crust, formulated it, froze it, formulated it, the cooking procedure so it could be cooked from frozen. Mm-hmm. So it required no labor on the, the, on the point of the school food service. It could go directly from the freezer to the oven, and in 45 minutes it's on your service line. And for a three-and-a-half-ounce portion, it came out to be 63 cents. So, but what's important to remember here is that the uh, fish is actually frozen raw, unlike, um, say, Alaskan Pollock fish fingers. Um, so, and why is that important? Well, you, the, you're going to get the natural moisture of the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be able to present it in its best possible light. When you're cooking fish from from a raw state, it's going to, its proteins are going to congeal. You're going to get the natural moisture, which is going to stay in it, and it won't become, it won't need to be, let's say, pumped up with other moisture, okay, in order for it to taste good. Right, so clean label. And then you've got a whole filet product made from a, um, a creature called an Acadian redfish. Can you tell us about this that? Is our, yeah, this is our great success item because, I mean, as, as good as the sole was and the flavor was really well accepted, mm-hmm. uh, we we uh, have a fish right here in the Gulf of Maine, which extends right from the Cape all the way up through Maine. It's a huge water and big history of fishing grounds. Mm-hmm. And it's the Acadian redfish. Uh, the Acadian redfish is a small redfish in abundance right now, um, but it's just not... It hasn't been as well accepted because we're in the land of cod and haddock up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but this fish is a beautiful eating fish, and it's just a smaller fillet. So we took those smaller fillets that were not being used for the retail case, and we made two items. One was a coconut crusted redfish, 
And the other one, which is our new item that's coming out this September for everyone, is fish and chips. Mm-hmm. So we, we took the actual redfish fillets and we coated it with the Cape Cod low-fat kettle chips and turned a little play on the words. Instead of fish and chips, it's fish in chips. <laughs> so it's a crunchy potato chip crust on top of the fish. And I think it's important to add that this is in compliance with USDA nutrition standards, yeah. um, even though it's crunchy and it sounds delicious. <laughs> um, and, and I know that the redfish is also a smaller filet, so that, that makes it uh, great for portioning for K-12 um, food service. Yeah, it's almost uh, similar to the size of a, a, a large chicken tender, if mm-hmm. you will. So yeah. kids can actually pick them up with their fingers. And a lot of these smaller fish that were, you know, usually given up to, say, maybe lobster bait or some sort of bait because the fishermen thought that they were too small and they couldn't be used in food service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just said, au contraire, let's, let's see what we can do with this. And it came out to be a, a, an excellent breaded product. Well, you know, they served it to us at the Fine Conference, and it was a delicious fish, very clean, kind of buttery, a re- really, really nice product. Um, so, you know what, yeah. Laura, about this is it really needs to be – this is a wild product. Mm-hmm. It's hunted. It's hunted in the Gulf of Maine, um, and there, there's really nothing else available to us – that actually has that wild category. So especially in Maine, we're able, in a teaching moment, to explain the history, the traditions, and methods of harvesting of of how New England, uh, the fishing industry, was really, really important here. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've been very clear about North Coast's dual commitment to local procurement and sustainability. Uh, let's start with the sustainability piece. Um, North Coast is certified by the Marine Stewardship Council. You know, in brief, what what does that mean? Well, there are a couple of third-party auditing systems out there, and MSC is the Marine Stewardship Council, and they are the global entity that will deem certain species uh, that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. So those are, these people are the fish counters out there mm-hmm. um, who are saying, okay, we're not taking out more that's being left in there. So MSC is the global entity. The local entity in the Gulf of Maine, where the Acadian redfish uh, is from, that's under the GMRI, mm-hmm. which is the Gulf of Maine Research Institute. So we are, the, we are licensed suppliers of both of those entities, Marine Stewardship Council and the Gulf of Maine Research Institute. Right. And, so, and the Gulf of Maine Research Institute is helpful for, to you in establishing local traceability. Um, I should add that I'm going to be posting links to both Marine Stewardship Council and Gulf of Maine Research Institute on today's show page. I mean, naturally, the work of certifying fish, fisheries for sustainability is like, fantastically complex and ever-changing and never... Um, without controversy. And it's a totally fascinating topic that I, I, for one, would love to get sucked into. So I encourage anyone who wants to explore either of these organizations and and how they certify to take a look at those um, websites. Um, So uh, let's... let's, um, Andrew, I know that you like to talk about common misconceptions about fish in K through twelve food service. Like, what what are they? What are some of your obstacles when you're selling it? Well, the the first obstacle is probably just the negative assumptions that come with it that it's not going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 
being that this is a very healthy protein, we're trying to turn it into flavors that kids will take, and we're, you know, we, our mission is to try to get more seafood eaten by our young people. Um, sustainability is nice, but the real reason we're doing this is to, for the healthy protein to become part of their accepted diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's really where we're going. So the obstacles are, you know, that uh, the kids aren't going to like it. Well, we can turn that around where we've been very well accepted by, by the casserole, which gives it a very home-type flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the type of thing that you would expect mom to cook at home. Um, the fish and chips gives it sort of a kid's twist while being low-fat and low-sodium, uh, using... Uh, uh, school nutrition, an accepted product of that Cape Cod kettle chip, mm-hmm. um, and by grinding that. So we make it sort of kid-friendly. And, of course, you can turn kid-friendly by adding teriyaki. Buffalo, I didn't know this before, uh, but you could put buffalo on anything and the kids will dig it. So, <laughs> or sriracha, um, right? <laughs> so, uh, and that seems to be across the board. Yeah. But putting it in wraps, tacos, buffalo, barbecue, teriyaki, mm-hmm. baked stuffed, um, making something crispy, cheesy, melty, anything that's a finger, something that has a ranchy dipping sauce. I mean, there are things that we can do with this fish, and with the ease of being able to pick it up with your fingers uh, makes it uh, even better for the kids, too. Yeah, yeah, what what I hear from folks who are promoting um, sea-to-school programs or more fish in schools is that the resistance is more from the adults than from the children. They just have this notion the kids won't eat it. They also have a notion that it might cost too much, but you You've been able to keep your entree prices um, in line. Yeah, very much so. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we went out there to do the research to find out, okay, what is an acceptable price? So we tried to turn the product into what was good for them, to take away that pushback. We didn't want people to say, oh, it's too expensive, you know, sorry. So we kept it in the wheelhouse of what was acceptable. We, We added the great flavor we self-distribute. We don't have anyone, any other large, uh, big box trucks who are delivering this for us because that just adds the, the price yeah, more. Yeah. So we distribute to the schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. How many schools are you in now? I know that uh, Cambridge Public Schools is one of your early adopters, but you've you've grown some. How, I mean, where are you now? Yeah, we're in about thirty-five districts mm-hmm. in Massachusetts uh, and New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire is very; uh, they're great partners with us as well. Um, we're based in Massachusetts, but we distribute through New Hampshire, and they are very much on the bandwagon of the Gulf of Maine uh, seafood. Right, so. right. Um, yeah, Cambridge, you said Cambridge. Uh, Melissa Honeywood, uh, she was our, uh, she's the director in the Cambridge school system here. Mm-hmm. Very forward thinker, but she was our first customer. And little did I know, I was walking in to, to show Melissa the first time, the sole. We took it out of the oven, and, we, and she's like, oh, this is great. Uh, you know, we'll take it. And I had no idea that she was going to feed uh, for over 3,000 kids, uh, <laughs> K through 8, with this particular item. So it actually became a whole new division in our business yeah. to start making this for us. So Yeah, yeah. It's a whole new division, but it's small for North Coast, which I, I find interesting. Um, <laughs> and, and we're going to have Melissa up next to kind of tell the story of how you two uh, came together and actually how how her um, staff helped you develop the, the product. Um, and of course, we love that 
those kind of stories of collaboration and inside school food. Um, so, Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your part of the story with us today, and best of luck in, in you know with the new products in the coming school year. Thank you very much. It's it's a it's a it's a fun mission to be on. It really is, uh, um, and it's and it's easy because it's a good product. There's there's uh, there's nothing. There's there's very little pushback about it. So yeah, glad it's to fun hear to it. Do. Okay, this is Inside School Food. I'm Laura Stanley, and I've been to talk. Uh, been talking sustainable New England fish for New England students with Chef Andrew Wilkinson of North Coast Seafood, based in Bedford, Massachusetts. After station break, we'll hear how the students in the Cambridge Public Schools took to seafood last year when North Coast first came to town. This is Chris Howell from Cane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cane encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to Cane5.com. Welcome back on today's Inside School Food, our second conversation about sustainable local fish for K-12 through food service. And I am so pleased to have as our second guest the amazing Melissa Honeywood, who is Director of Food and Nutrition Services for Cambridge Public Schools, or CPS. Melissa, it's about time we had you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so a little bit about you. Uh, Melissa is a registered dietitian and a chef with culinary training from Johnson & Wales University. Uh, she launched her K-12 career at Baltimore Public Schools, where she served as chef dietitian for three and a half years. Um, she describes herself as the new face of school nutrition. Um, in Cambridge, she's blazed new trails in scratch cooking, farm-to-school purchasing, um, and collaborating with both staff and her internationally diverse student body on, um, in the planning of her program. CPS serves just under 7,000 students uh, with a free and reduced rate of 47%. Um, Melissa, before we get to your true fishtail, um, let, let's give folks some context. Um, you've got a setup that made CPS a, a really ideal pilot district for North Coast. Um, tell us about your kitchens, for starters. Well, I, I, as you said, I'm very fortunate in that uh, all of the school sites here in Cambridge have fully functional kitchens. Mm-hmm. So we all have the ability to um, boil water, hold stuff in both freezers and uh, refrigerators, and uh, the majority of our schools have steamers and ovens, etc., we don't all have the same equipment at each site, but mm-hmm. we each kitchen site does have enough to do the basics, which um, for some of your listeners out there, if you spoke with your food service director from your hometown, you may realize that that's not always the case. Definitely. In large urban areas. Um, right. Uh, formerly in Baltimore, we a lot of our schools didn't have potable water. Yeah. We couldn't even use the water from the tap to make pasta or 
um, boil or steam. Right. So, so you enjoy some advantages, and that's part of the story here. Um, and your students are really used to innovation from the kitchen, including a lot of um, vegetarian entrees. Um, but what are some of the you know meals that that you're particularly proud of, and that your kids are going for these days? Well, I'm really just about our uh, macaroni and cheese that, that we serve because we make our cheese sauce from scratch, and mm-hmm. we have uh, we we prepare it at one uh, one of our kitchens because we have both a tilt skillet and a, a steamer kettle. So we make 40 gallons at a time of this cheese sauce, and the smell that you get throughout the the kitchen, and just I think you can just feel the love when you're stirring cheese in a giant pot. I yeah. think it just changes the mood of the kitchen, and uh, we then uh, cool that cheese sauce down and distribute it out to the rest of the school so we know that we have a consistent product, mm-hmm. and uh, the kids really like it. I mean, it's it's not your craft macaroni and cheese. It's not coming from a powder. It's not coming from a pouch. We're making it from scratch by hand. And yeah, and, and so many districts stuff. have struggled with mac and cheese, so I can see why that's special. Um, and then, of course, you're really big on gardening. You've got gardens at every one of your elementary schools, which is no small feat in an urban environment. And you're actually able to put some of the student-grown produce into your menus, right? Correct. We have a partnership with the City Sprouts Program, which is unique to uh, Cambridge and, and other Boston metro area, uh, metro area sites. Um, that organization essentially comes in and partners with the schools, so they help establish school gardens as well as uh, create a connection from the students' curriculum into uh, into the garden space. So mm-hmm. we have uh, our third and fourth grade students get uh, crossover training in science or art or history through the lens of working in the garden, which is really great because the students already have a stronger understanding of where their food comes from right. and why yeah. that's important. Yeah, and that, that really pairs with a very strong farm-to-school program, and, and in a minute we'll talk about how the local fish sort of became a part of that commitment to local. But I also should mention that um, CPS is unusual in its exceptional commitment to green practice. You've got, um, you do kitchen and cafeteria composting. You have compostable tableware, which is something we're very hot on on this show. Uh, milk dis- You even have milk dispensers, so you don't have to deal with milk cartons. Um, so you're, you're really at the forefront as far as that goes. We're, we're still in the pilot phase with that. We, we're only doing that at our, our high school location right now, but uh-huh. we're definitely always looking to be progressive and yeah. try to find a way to, make, to, to adopt these sustainable practices while also making it financially uh, sustainable for the district. Right, right. And then, and then you know, part of the FISH story is your Tasty Choices program that provides a framework for regular collaboration with students and the staff to ensure their buy-in on what you're doing with the menu. Can you tell us about that? Sure. The Tasty Choices program is uh, another uh, organization and uh, program that was uh, implemented prior to my arrival, I think for the past 10 years or so. It was a partnership with the Cambridge Health Department in which they would, uh, there are two women that, that come into our school and they help conduct taste tests, really work to uh, introduce new food to students um, through uh, taste tests. Uh, so uh, they come to our kitchens, whether that is historically they had been uh, trying new vegetables or trying new fruits or whole grains. And uh, this past 
the past two years, um, once I got started and heard about the program, it seemed very important to us to have some representation of the cultural diversity of Cambridge. So mm -hmm. we've the Tasty Choices program to identify the different cultures of Cambridge and find authentic rep, uh, recipes that represent those cultures and mm -hmm. offer them in the schools. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's an example of an international dish that you wouldn't necessarily normally see on a school menu? Uh, well, we have our uh, chicken biryani, which is oh, cool. like a Bangladeshi yeah. dish. We have Ethiopian durawat. Um, we did a, a Chinese tomato and tofu uh, scallion stir-fry that actually used tofu that was locally sourced, only 10 miles away. We have a, wow. a tofu producer, so we were able to get uh, locally made uh, tofu onto the, the trays of students. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can see why you were an early adopter for fish. You're very... Um, you, I mean, it sounds like you've got a student body that's predisposed to accepting fish. You are obviously adventurous, and you've got this kind of tasting program in place. So, you know, Andrew said when he came to you, you, you were the first. Um, when he contacted you, it sounds like they were just getting their toe in the water with K through 12. So, so you know, what, what happened with you guys? When you got the call, what, what did you do first? Well, uh, I was actually introduced to Andrew because uh, the farm school coordinator for Massachusetts, Tim uh, Cahor, was actually hosted a, a seafood to school symposium. It was very informal. It was at a uh, at a high school out in, uh, I believe, central Massachusetts, where um, it was voluntary. Different directors chose to go to hear from different vendors or from different directors who were offering seafood and, and how they were doing that. Mm -hmm. And North Coast, uh, Andrew was actually present there, and he gave uh, the information, uh, uh, the wonderful information, to, as what you just heard when he was on earlier, and it sounded like something that was really feasible. And their facility is only, well, depending on traffic in Boston, is only 15 minutes away. Yeah. So it seemed to make sense for us to, to connect with North Coast to right. see if there were opportunities for partnership. Very local. So, But at that point, the baked sole product that he described to us with the aioli on the top, which is the one that, that you guys um, prepared, he didn't have that product developed. So uh, did, did you actually collaborate with him? Or I mean, I mean, you were part of his R&D process, weren't you? Uh, correct. He already had uh, the uh, casserole idea in mind, and he put together a sample, but uh, um, now everything is streamlined. He has, uh, the, as he explained, the, the fish is machine cut. It then goes on a candling table to make sure bones are removed, mm -hmm. and then they already have, uh, the, have it all set up, so that way they'll put the aioli on and then the crumb topping. Um, previous to that, um, he was just making it himself when he brought it in for us to sample. Mm -hmm. So um, when we want to try it here, they also hadn't set up the industrial facilities uh, yet or hadn't set up the, the procedure. So we wanted to try it, and um, just to do it at one school, I said, you know what, just send me the full fillets, and I'll make it. Uh -huh. He shared recipes, yeah. and uh, he, um, we... I, I made it with some staff. We tried it. We adjusted flavorings as we need to, but it was uh, me with my sleeves rolled up for a good 30, 40 minutes with the first batch of sole coming in, checking for bones because he didn't have the candling table set yeah. up yet. Going through with, with gloves on and, and uh, going through each fillet and then weighing it out, panning it up so that way we could figure out what is the 
the correct portion for if we cut the right. into 12 or 15. Yeah. Um, and then sampling from there. And it, it as Andrew said, the, the rest is history. It turned out to be a great product. Well, I don't know what he would have done without you. And, and I remember that you told me that you couldn't touch the fish because you're highly allergic. So you really are a trooper, Melissa. <laughs> I, I am. So that's why, that's why I had the gloves on extra high, um, which is a shame because the, the, the fish that uh, is available here in New England and is available through North Coast, it always smells so good. Like yeah. Working in kitchens, I used to... Um, be there cooking salmon or frying clams, etc., and everything would smell so good, and I just couldn't eat it. I'm, Even just I'm sorry. working with it, yeah. my, my skin would break out, so yeah. I, I have to be a little extra cautious, but yeah. um, I definitely don't let that hold, hold me back as far as making sure that students have the benefit of actually tasting what I can. Right. But so much of what I love about this story is you know, the input from the staff. You know, they, they developed the product for Andrew for the first time and also were able to give him feedback based on their understanding of what kids will go for. Um, so Because he was new to K through 12. So it's, it's a good collaboration story. Absolutely. Yeah. We actually had Andrew come out to one of our staff meetings um, with the product in hand. We, we, we brought it in as it would arrive to their kitchens and said, this is what it'll look like. And then we baked it off according to instructions. So that way they could ask questions or get any clarification. And then when it was, uh, when it was fully prepared, they had the opportunity to try samples and really provide feedback and say, you know what, I think this is a little bit more lemon or mm-hmm. I think this would go good with ketchup or I think this would go good with a yogurt-based sauce. Yeah. You know, they were, they were able to really have the space to put their uh, their culinary minds towards what will make this most acceptable to the students yeah. at, at schools. Very nice, um, very nice. And so, they, I mean, they're, then they become vested partners. Yes, exactly absolutely. Because they are the face of, of our department. They're yeah. the ones who interact with the students on a day-to-day basis. I could sit here in my office and try to create the perfect menu, but if, the, if I didn't have the wonderful staff that I do... It would then, and they weren't vested in trying to encourage students to select healthier options. Then uh, we definitely would would not be as as great of a district as, as we are. Yeah. So there's there's a real lesson in that too, uh, Melissa. Thank you so much for for sharing this and and you know coming on today to to talk fish. I I, I hope this isn't your last visit with Inside School Food. We we have a lot more ground to cover with CPS. Absolutely. I'd be, I'd be delighted. You have been listening to Melissa Honeywood, who is Director of Food and Nutrition Services for Cambridge Public Schools in Massachusetts. This is Inside School Food's second episode about local and sustainable fish in school meals. Uh, next week, for our final episode for our summer season, we have a real treat planned for you. Uh, Dr. Julie Manella of the Monell Chemical Census Center will be joining us to talk about the development of taste preferences in very young children. She has super interesting research to share, and she's a terrific storyteller, so you do not want to miss that episode. Uh, Resources for today's episode, as mentioned, will be posted on InsideSchoolFood.com. Inside School Food is a production of the Heritage Radio Network and can also be found on HeritageRadioNetwork.org or find us on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, However you listen, please let us know who you are by signing up for our 
newsletter or following us on Twitter or Facebook. Um, this might seem like a small thing to you, but it's hugely helpful to us. Um, I'm Laura Stanley. Thanks for your interest and thank you for your support. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 